the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. How many of you are a Gentile? How many of you are a non-Jew? This is your heritage. This is your story of salvation coming to the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit orchestrated it. The Holy Spirit orchestrated this whole thing from Peter dozing off on the roof of the house. And now salvation has come to the Gentiles. Talk about a power nap. Peter took a nap on the roof of the house, and God entered into that space. And because he was receptive to the work of the Spirit, even in his dreams, he made a different choice that day. Pastor Dan tells you today that Peter chose to go with the Gentiles who were asking to know God. And because of one power nap on a roof so many years ago, You now know salvation, and you now have the Spirit within you. Next time you nap, thank God for His Spirit and listen for His voice. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. If the Holy Spirit is in the church, the world will not have to be kept out. It will be only too glad to stay out. The Holy Spirit's in the church, protecting the purity of the church. Carnal, worldly people aren't, aren't going to feel comfortable there. They're not going to want to be part of it. So much of the church today is trying to be like the world and trying to be seeker-sensitive and relevant when really the appeal of the church is that it's different from the world. That's the appeal. The appeal of the church is, is its holiness. People get sick of the world. And they're looking for something different from the world, not something just like the world. They get tired of the sin and the corruption. And they're looking for people who are living differently. That's the appeal. That's the appeal. Now, we also see that the Holy Spirit led the church in the book of Acts providentially. Providentially, the Holy Spirit led the church providentially. What do I mean? The Holy Spirit led and orchestrated everything in the early church. Now, if you are a a control freak or a big planner, this is going to unsettle you. (laughs) For example, Acts chapter 8, 
In Acts chapter 8, persecution breaks out in Jerusalem against the Christians. And so they, the Christians who were persecuted in Jerusalem leave. And Philip went to Samaria. And he preached Christ to the Samaritans. And a revival broke out. We've looked at this last couple of weeks. Philip didn't plan that. He just leaves. And as he goes, he goes, travels through Samaria. He preaches the gospel as he's going. And lo and behold, a bunch of people get saved. This revival breaks out. Then the Lord spoke to Philip and told him to leave Samaria. And all the Lord said to Philip was go toward the south along the road which goes down to Gaza. Again, if you're a control freak, you're a big planner, that's not enough information to go on, is it? Just get on the road heading south. Again, to put it in today's terms, get on 95 south headed towards Virginia. Then what? Just do that. And Philip obeys, and he went. And as he's on that road, he came upon an Ethiopian sitting in his chariot. Happens to be parked on the side of the road. And he happens to be reading Isaiah 53. As he happens in air quotes. There he is reading Isaiah 53. And Philip gets up in the chariot with him. Shares Christ with him out of Isaiah 53 about the suffering servant. The Ethiopian believes on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. He's immediately baptized right there, I guess, in a ditch on the side of the road. It doesn't say where. He just says, hey, well, there's water there. What prevents me from being baptized? Philip says, well, I guess nothing. They get down out of the chair. He baptizes him there on the side of the road in a drainage ditch or something. The Holy Spirit orchestrated that whole thing. The Holy Spirit orchestrated it. Or how about Peter in Acts chapter 10? Acts chapter 10. I like this one. You turn to Acts chapter 10 for me. (laughs) It's the middle of the day. Peter's in the town of Joppa, which is right on the Mediterranean Sea. It's hot there. It's sunny there. There's no air conditioning. He goes up on the roof of the house to cool off. He falls asleep. Can you relate to that? He dozes off. Sitting up on the balcony. And while he's sleeping, Acts chapter 10 tells us he has a vision. And in this vision, he sees a sheet coming down from heaven with clean and unclean animals on it. And he hears a voice that says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Verse 15, and a voice spoke to him again a second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And this was done three times, it says in verse 16. And then the object was taken up into heaven. And Peter wakes up from his, from his nap. And look at verse 17. Peter wondered within himself what this vision, which he had seen, meant. And then in verse 19, what we're told here is that there's a man named Cornelius who lives in Caesarea by the sea, several miles away down the coast. And he has sent for Simon Peter to come down to tell him about the Lord. 
And so as Peter is thinking about these things, there's a knock at the door, right? Verse 19 says, well, Peter thought about this vision. The spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, well, Cornelius the centurion, he's a Roman soldier, he's a Roman officer. He's a just man. He's one who fears God, meaning he fears the Jewish God, Yahweh. He has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews. He was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear his words, to hear your words uh, from you. And then Peter invited them in and lodged them. And on the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. So Peter wakes up. He's thinking about this dream that he's had, this vision that he's had. There's a knock at the door. And verse 19, as there's a knock at the door, the spirit told Peter, go with these guys down to Caesarea. Peter obeyed the spirit. They're Romans. There's a Roman soldier, who, a Roman officer who wants, wants to see you. Peter obeyed the spirit. He went with the guys down to Caesarea. I don't remember how many miles it is, but you can see here, it takes him a whole day to get there. He goes down there to the house of Cornelius. He preaches Jesus to those that are gathered in the house of Cornelius. And salvation came to that household. Now, the reason Cornelius is significant is because Cornelius and those that were in his household, they're the first Gentiles or non-Jews who are saved. How many of you are a Gentile? How many of you are a non-Jew? So this is your heritage. This is your story of salvation coming to the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit orchestrated it. The Holy Spirit orchestrated this whole thing from Peter dozing off on the roof of the house. And now salvation has come to the Gentiles. <laughs> I find that funny. That God used a, a guy dozing off in the middle of the day to give him a vision that leads to salvation to the Gentiles. Again, We see how the Holy Spirit's just orchestrating things. If you have like a lot of control needs, I can't just leave and go down to Caesarea. We got to, you know, we got to plan this for a couple weeks. Can't just head down there. How about the Apostle Paul? Turn over to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Look at verse 1. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, right? These are gifts of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy, the gift of teaching. So there are certain people in the church that have the gift of prophecy, they have a gift of teaching. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed some more, they laid hands on them and they sent them 
away. This is how missions started in the church. This is how missions started in the early church. This is the beginning of missions ministry. And do you see how the Holy Spirit was leading it? The Holy Spirit was leading the church. They're praying together. They're just at a prayer meeting at the church. The Spirit spoke through one of the people present through a word of prophecy. Again, this is an example of the gift of prophecy. They're just in a prayer meeting. Someone receives a a word from the Lord, a prophecy. And what's the prophecy? Well, it tells us right here that the Spirit said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. And they prayed some more. They laid hands on Paul and Barnabas. And they sent them away. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. They sent them away where? Well, look at verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they're not sent out by the church, they're sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Here's the first mission trip of the church. They go to Cyprus. Why do they go to Cyprus? Barnabas is from Cyprus. Barnabas is from Cyprus. So the Holy Spirit You know, you imagine Paul and Barnabas here. Holy Spirit is sending us out to be missionaries. Praise the Lord. Where should we go? I don't know. Where do you think we should go? I don't know. Well, I I used to live in Cyprus. Why don't we go to Cyprus? Cyprus sounds good. Let's go to Cyprus. Oh, Paul, please tell us. How did you ever come up with the idea of missions? Well, Paul, what was your vision for Cyprus? Well, I didn't really have a vision. Barnabas was from Cyprus, and we didn't really know where to go. And we got to the port. There was a ship going to Cyprus. Barnabas said he knew some people in Cyprus we could stay with. So we went to Cyprus. I'll turn over to Acts chapter 16. This is a a later missionary journey of Paul. He's traveling with Silas, Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Look what it says here. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they had come to Mysia, and they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now it doesn't tell us how, but somehow 
the Holy Spirit prevented Paul and Silas from going into certain regions. And then he has this vision of a man in Macedonia saying, come over to Macedonia, help us here. And if you know the story, they get to Macedonia. There's no man there. There's not even a synagogue there. He finds a few women praying by a river. And there's a demon-possessed person there. Right? But this is how God was leading them. And when you're walking in the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit leads us by closing doors, by preventing us from going somewhere. Now, in our flesh, we can force it. We can make it happen. We can say, I am going to Bithynia by golly, and nobody's going to stop me from going to Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit will let you do that. The Holy Spirit will let you walk in the flesh. And force a thing. Or we can just let the Holy Spirit lead us. We can walk in the Spirit. All right, this door's closed, that door's closed. I thought it'd be a good idea to go to Bithynia, but apparently not. Let's try this, let's try that. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead. You know, when my wife and I were living in Florida, we were praying and seeking the Lord about planting a church somewhere. There were about three or four or five places the Holy Spirit clearly prevented us from going to. And there was a period of time when we could have told you where we weren't supposed to go, but we couldn't tell you where we were supposed to go. But we knew about three or four or five places the Holy Spirit did not want us to go before we knew where we were supposed to go. And we, you know, we just weren't on the same page with the Holy Spirit. We thought the Holy Spirit wanted us to plant a church in a quaint little beach town on the Gulf of Mexico. You can imagine our surprise when we found out, well, this is where actually God wants us to go. And here's the thing I want you to, to note, and, and we're, we're almost finished here. Here's what I want you to note with the way that the Holy Spirit led the early church, the, the providence of God in leading the church. When you look at the book of Acts and you see the Holy Spirit leading the church, There was no human planning. There was no human planning that they implemented. There there was no organizational structure. There was no organizational process to this thing. There was no strategizing. There was no five-year model of church growth. There was no demographic studies. There was no internet. There was no websites or apps or social media or TV or radio. All they had was the Holy Spirit leading them. And they were sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. With just the gospel and the Holy Spirit. Now, one last observation before we close. Again, this is not intended to be a comprehensive list. Like I said, we haven't said anything about the miracles and the healings that were also part of the early church. We'll talk about those. One last thing. The Holy Spirit gave the early church the ability to rejoice in suffering for Christ. And that maybe isn't the best one to end on. Not the most upbeat one to end on. But I I think it is something that is important and will become more important for us as time goes on. More applicable. They had the ability, ability to rejoice in they're suffering. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
It's a promise. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus said we should rejoice. We should be exceedingly glad. Well, how do you rejoice in persecution? By being filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not something we just drum up in ourselves. Jesus said, I've got to rejoice in this. I feel super stressed out by it, but I'm trying to rejoice in it. No, it's a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, In Acts chapter 5, if you want to turn back there, Acts chapter 5. Some of the apostles were arrested for preaching the gospel. They were beaten and threatened and told not to speak about Jesus anymore before they were released. Look at verse 41, Acts chapter 5, verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They rejoiced. And then they went right back to preaching Jesus. They disobeyed an order by the authorities. What did Jesus say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses for me. And they were witnesses for Christ. Even in the face of persecution and threats, even when the governing authorities ordered them to stop preaching Jesus. Or you have uh, the Apostle Paul and Silas when they're in Philippi in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, they're arrested. They're beaten, and then they're thrown into prison. Acts chapter 16, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, on Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet and stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They're praising the Lord. They're worshiping God. Remember the first point that I made, being filled with the Spirit causes the heart to worship, causes the heart to praise the Lord. And here they're worshiping. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses to me when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit is available to us. The same Holy Spirit is available to us and he will fill us With his power. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11. Your heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit. To those who ask him. He wasn't talking about salvation there. When you come to the Lord for salvation. You don't come asking for the Holy Spirit. You come asking for your sins to be forgiven. And for you to be cleansed. But if we ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. He will give it to us. We ask the Lord to fill us. And empower us by the Spirit. He will. Same Holy Spirit. That we see in the book of Acts. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for all these examples that we see here. And how the Holy Spirit worked in the early church. Lord, we do pray and ask that you would fill us with your spirit afresh. Fill us with your power. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He asked me how I know. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you find yourself in a spiritual coma, the book of Joel is a great place to wake up and come to the realization that although God is loving, He's also just. He has no tolerance for unrepentant sin. In these pages of Joel, you'll find disturbing descriptions of the judgment to come on the earth to wipe it clean of sin and evil, but it's all for the purpose of restoring and purifying a sinful world to a state that was intended in the first place. Are you learning and growing through this study in Joel? If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. Thanks for being part of our listening audience. Come again next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.